You're listening to the Spain and Fitz podcast. Oh, we are only minutes away from the glory known as Thursday Night Football. Absolutely epic matchup. Okay, maybe I'm overselling it a little bit, but we got the Colts. We got the Broncos. Should be good. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. For a job you'll love, visit Progressive.com slash careers. Let's get everything we need to know about the Colts from Stephen Holder, ESPN Colts reporter. And we'll start with Jonathan Taylor. Not in the game. That's a rarity out with an injury, something we've never seen before. What's the next step for him in the progression needed to get back on the field? Yeah, well, it, it, I think it was close, but not close enough for him to make that return on a short week. It's just really tough. Uh, now, Jonathan Taylor, the one thing to know is that he is just really – uh, obsessive about his rehab and his his uh, treatment of his body and things of that nature. It's part of the reason, frankly, he's been able to avoid injury. So I, I don't think this is going to be a long-term issue for him, but he just wasn't close enough uh, to make this trip and, and to make a realistic or have a realistic shot of getting out there tonight. So how are things going to look different with Philip Lindsay, Hines, Jackson taking over the load for Taylor? Yeah, it will be different. I, I actually think they may have to lean more on the passing game, frankly, and, and that comes with its own set of challenges just because of the offensive line production that they've had so far this year. So I'm very interested to see how much they deviate from the running game. It was already having problems, frankly. And now you take the defending rushing champion out of the lineup, and I, I don't think you can be more confident, certainly, in the running game. So I think they're going to have some challenges and trying to run the football, the question is going to be, if they do have to go to the air more, uh, can that front five on the offensive line hold up uh, to allow Matt Ryan to make some plays? Because the plays have been there, but the, the protection has not. The real question is, why? Like we thought offensive line was going to be a strength. What's going yeah. wrong? Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's unbelievable. I mean, I was just talking to someone in the organization out on the field, and <laughs> – it's funny, all of the problems that we predicted about this team are not the problem. <laughs> As the problem is something we've never talked about, which is why is Quentin Nelson losing one-on-one battles up front, right? That's never happened. We've never seen that. It was Quentin Nelson, the three-time All-Pro, who got beat on a play last week that led to uh, a sack fumble on Matt Ryan. So uh, it's mystifying, but I, I do think the, the good news is that we have seen these guys play at high level for the entirety of their careers in most cases. And you know it's there. I mean, did Quentin Nelson forget how to play football over the last nine months? I, I don't think so. So they've got to turn it around. It's a gut check, right? This is this is as big a gut check as they're going to have without their leading rusher, and it's all on them. Uh, it's a big test for them tonight. It's Spain and Fitz. We're talking to Stephen Holder, ESPN Colts reporter. You can follow him at Holder Stephen. That Chiefs win, or the win over the Chiefs, I should say, was a was a blip, an exciting moment. But we're back to reality for what's been a real big slog for the Colts. How do you see the future for Ballard and Reich, and how much longer is the leash for them if the losing continues? Uh, they're under a lot of pressure. I don't think there's any doubt about it. And I'm not predicting anyone's fate or anything yet. I don't know that we're there after four games. But the, the questions are being asked, certainly, by the fan base. And I get it. Look, they have they have failed really every test that they've had you know, the last year or so. And so, you know, there's not going to be a lot of patience for that. Uh, look, 
down in Jacksonville the first time in, in 2021 to close that season. And then this season, going back to Jacksonville, the site of that failure, losing 24 to nothing score. So it has really soured a lot of people in the fan base. And, and I'm sure their very demanding owner, Jim Irsay, uh, feels much the same way. So there is a lot of pressure on everyone from the coaching staff to the front office to the players, frankly. When, when there are changes uh, in the front office and coaching staff, there are changes in the locker room as well. So they should all be on alert, frankly. All right, Stephen, just tell me if I've lost my mind because Thursday night games are always low-scoring, and I just watched the Raiders run the football effectively. Is there a path in your mind that a low-scoring get-right game for this run game, even without Jonathan Taylor, actually brings the Colts to a win? Well, look, here's a fun fact, okay? It's not a prediction, but it's a fun fact. Philip Lindsay has been activated for this game. He's back to his NFL roots, right, in Denver, the site of his the best years of his career. Philip Lindsay had a really sneaky good preseason frankly and i thought he actually should have made the team this you know like my two cents matter but the point is uh, he he there's something there and i'm interested to see if if maybe that was just you know smoke and mirrors or if there's something legitimate there if maybe this could be a, a comeback opportunity for philip Lindsay. and then i would also add that naheem hines uh who is you know a really service a really uh formidable player for them he hasn't touched the ball nearly enough he's had eight carries so far this year well i assume he'll get uh, a good blow tonight. So not out of the question to get that running game going. On behalf of everybody that picked times up on the waiver wire this week for fantasy, I love that. Uh, follow him on yeah. Twitter, at Holder Steven. Always check him out for all the great Colts news you need. Steven Holder, thanks for the time, man. We appreciate you. Enjoy the game. All right, thanks. All right, let's get the other side of this matchup from Jeff Legwald, our buddy, ESPN Broncos reporter. Every time we pick up the bat phone and ask for Broncos news, he always answers, which we appreciate. So give me the, the rundown on Russell Wilson, because there were obviously huge expectations this team hasn't necessarily met those expectations. What's your impression of his play so far, Ben? Well, you know, guys, I, I think often it's, it's easy to forget what the learning curve on this offense is and this scheme. I, Shanahan and Elway both have told me through the years it took Elway half a season to feel comfortable in the scheme, and, and especially when it's different from what you've done. And I would even offer up, you know, Aaron Rodgers – in, in LaFleur's first year with Hackett as offensive coordinator in that season, he, he himself had nine games that year where he had one or zero touchdowns in the game. So uh, I don't think this is uncommon. I think it's just that the fact the expectation train was up and running so fast. As soon as Wilson got here, it, 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 it's easy to sort of forget that there are like little football detail issues that have to get worked out and uh but they need it to be worked out because there's there's the learning curve which it is and then there's their touchdown problem uh which is immense right now i mean they're they're last in the league in red zone offense and they're they're 31st in the league in goal to goal situations and, and uh, if you're in that ranking you, you are not scoring touchdowns Jeff, it is possible to reset expectations when fans get a little overexcited, especially if progress is shown. You're on the ground there in Denver. I wonder what the mood is or the conversation on local radio, local newspapers about the new coach and the new quarterback. Well, Sarah, I'll be honest. Uh, uh, you know, the, the quarterback had a little, uh, you know, sort of a heat shield around him 
early on this season when Hackett's end-of-game decision in mm. Seattle to kick the field goal or to attempt to kick a field goal and the clock management issues they've had over the first two or three weeks. I, I think those issues sort of kept Wilson off the headline. And, you know, he, he did have his first sort of three-touchdown game in, in Vegas on, on Sunday. So uh, people are starting to feel a little better, but anytime they lose at home, uh, you get the angst meter cranked up pretty high here because they've been so uh, – they've struggled mightily at home so much in the post-Manning era. It doesn't take very long for impatience to show in the, in the home crowd. All right, so we go into a Thursday night matchup, Jeff, with a lot of injuries. Uh, Javante Williams, Randy Gregory being the biggest names. How will they impact tonight's game? Well, tonight, especially, uh, I think you'll see Melvin Gordon get the bulk of the work in the run game. And, you know, given he has four fumbles this year and, and one of those returned for a touchdown in the, in the loss to the Raiders, I, I think they, you know, there is some sort of nervousness about that. But he will be the, the top option tonight. I think as they move forward, Latavius Murray, who they just signed, uh, this past week, we'll, we'll get more and more work. But tonight it will be Gordon. And for Gregory, uh, you're going to see uh, Baron Browning a lot, a guy they, they moved from inside linebacker to outside linebacker because they noticed every time he rushed the passer, it, it looked sort of like Von Miller light. And uh, they, they became very intrigued. And he had a, he had a big-time preseason and, and showed a lot of potential there. So I think folks will become more familiar with Baron Browning as they move forward. At Jeff underscore Legwald is where you can follow him, our ESPN Broncos reporter. Jeff, as much drama, as much uh, bad energy has been around this team through through the beginning. Uh, they're tied for second in the AFC West. They're one win behind the Chiefs. It's plenty in grasp. What needs to improve the most for them to be successful going forward? Yeah, sir, they, they just need to to settle down on offense. I still think they are trying too hard to show how big a variety they have in the playbook. I think when they, when they dial it down a bit, you know, it doesn't mean don't throw the ball. I just mean in terms of how many things they're using when they, when they put Wilson under center, uh, they do well. And when they, when they sort of spread it out with, with the bigger personnel grouping, you know, two tight end and two back, but, but spread things out when they do it. They've done better with that, too. And I, I think they just need to be more cognizant on offense to, to just settle down. You don't have to run the whole playbook every game and, and show everybody how ingenious you are. I, I think just stick with what has worked best. And, frankly, what's worked best is getting the ball to Cortland Sutton and, and running when you have to. Follow him on Twitter at Jeff underscore Legwell. Jeff, as always, we appreciate your time. Enjoy the game, my friend. Thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, thanks. Anytime, guys. We will keep you updated on the game as it continues uh, on throughout the course of the night. But next up, some folks in the world of sports taking strays will fill you in on it next. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio. Spain and Fitz, the podcast. Oh, man. We're watching this Thursday night football game, and uh, Heinz takes a shot and just noodle legs trying to get up. Oh, man. Um, it's tough to watch. It just feels like we keep seeing this. Uh, he tried to stand up and needed to be helped. And Fitz, I mean, I sure hope 
I sure hope that they handled this well because. I mean, on the heels of everything else going on, they have to, right? I mean, if you haven't seen the weren't you just telling me during the break about another player that was in concussion protocol for like half a day and is back, no no red jersey, back out there? Yeah, the Raiders linebacker Denzel Perryman was in concussion protocol Sunday. Uh, That's his second, and all of a sudden, you know, he's back on the field, and no big deal. I I I don't understand it when you've got somebody's legs buckling that way, and it looks like they can't stand up. It's tough to watch. So, like, the league would have to step in in this situation, even from an optic standpoint, and say, get the guy the hell off the field. Like, even yeah. if the Colts want, and we don't know, but if the Colts wanted to put him back in, boy, the league would have to step in and say, nope, not this week. Very first drive of the game, uh, Colts are going to punt here. We'll keep an eye on it. I don't think there's any possibility that there will be anything other than him being shut down for the night after everybody just witnessed that. Uh, we'll keep you updated on Thursday Night Football. Uh, on a good note, if you're a degenerate that had no points on the first drive, dinner's on you. Uh, I think most of those degenerates might also have been uh, key- keyed in enough to, to to pick up Hines for their lineup because of Taylor being out. Yeah, that's so fair too. that is probably a, a gift and a curse. It's Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz, ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. We'll keep you updated on the football. But across sports today, nay, across the world, including films <laughs> that have just been released, a <laughs> lot of people taking strays. And we're going to start at the top with one Tom Brady, who was asked a question about parity around the league and did not mince words. I think there's a lot of bad football from what I watch. You know, <laughs> I watch a lot of bad football, a lot of yeah, poor quality of football. That's what I see. Yoinks! Have you been walk- watching the uh, tape of the Bucks' offense? Mm, I mean, this just is kidding. That's a bold statement out of the yeah. gate. I mean, to, to just come out and say a lot of bad football when you know you're part of it, and maybe he's right. Maybe it's a lot of bad football. I, I'd love to think parody is the way we sort of couch that. We're like, oh, it's just parody. No, I think it's bad. Yeah, I think it's, probably. I right. think there's a lot of bad football, and the parody is a lot of bad teams all being bad together <laughs> in the middle. Uh, speaking of taking strays and Tom Brady, uh, enough people shared this stat with me. I'm good. I saw it. I don't want to retweet it. It's depressing. Here's the stat. In his 40s alone, Tom Brady has 23,996 career passing yards and 174 touchdowns. That's 500 more yards and 20 more touchdown than the Bears' all-time passing leader, Jay Cutler. So Tom Brady, playing only in his 40s, would be the Bears' leading passer in team history. Oh my God, that that's just painful, right? Like that's just just that strays. Like we didn't ask. We we're we're not playing the Bucks. There's no reason to bring up stats about Tom Brady and the Bears. We don't need to take those strays. Yeah, you know, if you want uh, disturbing stats, I got one for you. Uh, okay. Because my beloved Raiders took a bit of a stray here. Uh, as Field Yates, you know, I think Field and I are friends. I do, but then <laughs> then he tweets out things that I don't understand. You know what? Like I think he's directly telling me to to know my role here because all of a sudden he tweets out this morning, just innocently. I'm scrolling through Twitter. My buddy tweets out: few twe- teams have successfully slowed down Patrick Mahomes, but he's especially had the Raiders number in eight career games. 2,546 passing yards, 22 Ooh. touchdowns, three interceptions, and 37.4 oh. points per game. Thanks, Field. Oh. Thank you With so much. With that in mind, uh, who your Raiders got this week? Uh, I've never heard of the, the Kansas City Chaiefs. I've never heard Chai- of the, Chai- the, the, the Chaiefs. With yeah, the their Chai-Evs. quarterback, Patrick 
Mayhem. Yes. Like, if he's anything like this Patrick Mahomes guy, it's going to be really good. It's going to be rough. Lucky for rough me. Rough weekend. Yeah. Hey, can't get any rougher than what the Raiders did today. Why don't you go ahead and share yeah, that? Yeah, so then, you know, in Speaking the world of— Speaking of taking strays. Uh, there's no team in the league that I think, you know, respects their alumni more than the Raiders. They love former players. Clarence Davis was an important former player in the past of the Raiders. Unfortunately, the, Ra- the Raiders had to put out a statement today letting everyone know this is their statement. The, Ra- the Raiders received notice of Clarence Davis. Davis passing, but it found that the information to be false. They extend our deepest apologies to the Davis family and Raider Nation for the erroneous announcement. That's right. They mm. said Clarence Davis was no longer with us. He said this. I'm not dead. <laughs> I'm getting better. <laughs> it's merely a flash oh, You'll wound. be dead. You'll uh, be dead by morning. Oh, I'm God. not dead yet. I'm um, not dead. I don't know how you walk that one back. You're like, right. sorry, guys. Oh. I've already forgotten, which I think is for the best, but what was the... Uh, the ridiculous and awful thing that Mark Davis tweeted during the George Floyd stuff. Oh, uh, like no, we can we can breathe. Or so, I, I don't. Oh, yeah. I can breathe. I can breathe. Yeah. I, yeah. 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 Maybe they should just lay off the social media for a while. Yeah, it, it, you know what? I, the the kind and generous and wonderful people that work in the social media department don't always have the control to. Lay oh out. yeah. Just, I mean, listen. I'm not going after their admins. No, 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 Those no, people no. take a lot of, of, of hits <laughs> that aren't their fault, but. Maybe just uh, pause, deep breath. Uh, Speaking of taking strays, my Cubs finished the season. They will not be playing in the playoffs. Shocker. Mm -hmm. They finished on a high note, 15-2 victory. I believe they won 12 of their last 15 games or something like that. They had a great record against teams above 500. They're just chilling, getting ready to enjoy their offseason. And they took some strays today because somebody asked one of the members of the Mets, do we have this sound, by the way? Somebody asked one of the members of the Mets about, you know, whether it was it was right that they should have to be playing in the wild card instead of, you know, winning their division. And the answer was, well, we got swept by the Cubs. Oh, I mean, leave us out of this. That's Pete Alonzo. I mean, he's not wrong. We just just, we just got swept by the Cubs. (laughs) I guess we deserve whatever comes our way. Oh, that, you know, I, I, it sort of hurts my heart, but I love the self-awareness. Yeah, that's, take that's, it strays, man. Yeah, Cubs swept a lot of good teams, so you do deserve to be in the wild card, Pete Alonso. Speaking of baseball, Road to the World Series goes through ESPN Radio. You can catch all the postseason action presented by AutoZone on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. NFL, next. Spain and Fitz, the podcast. It's tricky for the Broncos to score touchdowns. It's tricky for the Colts to get first downs. 3 nothing early on Thursday night football. The Broncos are up, Banger. and the uh, the Colts are about to about to punt. So we'll see how this uh, juggernaut of a game goes. It's Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Uh, of course, ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. And we thought, being that it's Halloween, we'd have a little bit of fun. It's spooky season now that it's we're not quite October. Halloween. It's, I, mean, uh, it's, I would go, yeah, spooky season. Spooky season, yeah. It's the October. Halloween season. You know, like, it's fall, y'all. I, I mean, like I say, <laughs> oh, it's Christmas is in like it's Christmas time. So it's Halloween right, right, is right. in Fair. is like it's Halloween Fair. time. So, you know, in my mind, we're sort of in that season. So we thought we'd have a little bit of fun taking a look at some of the different teams in the NFL and trying to figure out if they're tricks or treats. I got the the Halloween music fun factor. And then anyone that doesn't know, John Carpenter that directed Halloween and wrote Halloween also did the music to Halloween because there was no money to hire somebody to do it. So he just sat down at the piano and this is what he played. There you go. That's really good. I want to start this segment quickly by saying not tricks, Michael, illusions. A trick is something (laughs) a whore does for money. (laughs) 
And if you don't get that reference, you should just revisit <laughs> your life priorities and go watch the entirety of Arrested Development. Oh, my God. Uh, all right, tricks or, tricks or treats. Who are we starting with? Uh, let's start with the Giants. Devin, you want to get on the microphone here? Devin, our producer extraordinaire, treat. is a massive Giants treat. fan. Uh, are we going treat <laughs> for the Giants? You think the Gi- like, what level of treat are the Giants for you? Like, what candy would the Giants be? Ooh. Honestly, well, this is very controversial, but I like them. Almond Joy. Okay. They're not an. They're a Charleston chew. No, okay. That's how. That, that is a trick. That, that, that this is this team is a trick. They are not going to keep above 500. They are outperforming expectations, and I am thrilled for Saquon because somebody drafted him on my fantasy team for me, which I was mad about until the game started happening, and now I am quite pleased. But this is a Charleston chew of a team. I'm, it's going to get stuck in your teeth, and you're going to make make yourself real sad about believing in it early in the season. This is a, a workshop development of candy comparisons. I love this, by the way. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to say that they are a trick, but they are a Tootsie Roll because like everybody tells I you a Tootsie, tootsie no, Roll. Tootsie Rolls are disgusting, and everybody tells you they're chocolate, mm. but you can taste it and know that isn't chocolate. Now you can tell me the Giants are good. I can watch and be like, uh-uh, the Giants are about as chocolate as a Tootsie Roll. So you like, ever no. had one of those vanilla Tootsie Rolls? Uh, I'm still gonna. Pass. Those are also delicious with the white label with the blue. Get mm, delightful. Fitz, are you wondering why the Raiders aren't even on this list? Because the Raiders are Reese's peanut butter cups, and we know the that Raiders, right answer. We know uh, the we know. Raiders are a, a bad Granny Smith apple. No, my God, the Raiders are not a even candy. caramel apple that somebody chopped up for you. Uh, not fair. even a Granny Smith. I like Granny. They're a red delicious. Oh man! All right, let's. They're go to, mushy. Let, uh, you guys are all wrong about this at this point, but let's go to the Cowboys next. Uh, Sarah, what do you think? Trick or treat on the Cowboys? <sighs> I still think the Cowboys are a trick. I know that their defense is absolutely legit and they have outperformed the terrible expectations we had for them when the season started, but they've beaten another trick in the Giants. They've beaten a terrible commanders team. The Bengals that didn't have their you-know-what figured out. This is a team that will be exposed when they take on the likes of, say, the Eagles or the Packers, the Vikings even. I think they'll have a reasonable record because their schedule is light, but this is a a trick to me. All right, I'm going to go with a treat for the Cowboys, mm. all right, but but not a great treat. The The Cowboys are Skittles when they tried that weird, awful experiment of putting uh, sour apple in instead of lime. Like, the sour apple is the one caveat, and that is their coach, Mike McCarthy. Like, I'm not sure I believe in the sour apple, so I'm sort of picking around that. That's the, uh, the But I'm going to go with treat for the Cowboys. I think if they manage to make it through all of this, as they get Dak back, they're only going to get better. Uh Better enough to make the wild card. Let's not put them in the same category as the Eagles. What about the Niners as we trick-or-treat this, Sarah? What do you think? Mm. I still believe the Niners are a treat. I do, too. I, I believe the, Niner, the Niners are a treat because I think Jimmy G will continue to get better. He did not have any preseason, offseason, training camp prep. So even though he knows this offense, he still needed to get into a rhythm. I think he'll be fine. He's gotten them to the Super Bowl before. And I think that defensively, they've got some really exciting players. I think the Niners are going to be fine. I think the Niners are uh, a three musketeers. It's not my top choice, but I very much enjoy it. I'm going to go with the Niners as an everlasting gobstopper. Like, mm. you just got to wait. You can't do anything. Okay. You just got to wait it out. Because I think you're right. But it's mostly enjoyable on the way. Right. On the way, it's like, all right, this is pretty good. Then you get to the end, and it's really good. So and I then like- you're like, why have the Niners been in my mouth for so long? <laughs> And moving on to a division rival of the Niners, how about the Rams as we trick or treat this on Spain and Fitz? Uh, mm. uh, you got you, wh- where are we on the Rams? The Rams are a treat. 
Because okay. I do believe that the Rams will get past their Super Bowl hangover again. They've got some great defensive pieces. I do think that Sean McVay will start to look at this offense and figure out how to keep Matthew Stafford from being so reliant on Cooper Cup, get a little bit more interesting, get a little bit more uh, dynamic. I do think Allen Robinson still has a chance to do something here. Um, they're not Super Bowl repeaters kind of treat, but I do think they're better than a trick. Uh, the Rams are Twizzlers to me. Everybody else. Oh, my favorite. Yeah, everybody else likes them, and I don't. Uh, that's that's oh, why they're Twizzlers. Okay. I, I'm, I'm. I love Twizzlers. Yeah, the traditional strawberry. I don't need no cherry twists or any of that business. I want a traditional strawberry. I want to bite the ends off both sides, and I want to drink an orange crush through my Twizzler straw. If I walk into a theater and you hand me free Twizzlers, I give <gasps> them away to somebody. I give don't them like. Give them to me. Yeah, I, I would. Uh, and, and I'd be giving away the Rams at this point too. They're not more just of because... a nibs to me than a Twizzler. Uh, Twizzler nibs. They're fine. I'll eat them. Them, but they're not nearly as exciting as they should be. No, see, everybody else is in on the Rams still turning it around. I'm not. I, I, I think the Rams season, we're going to find out that they're not really? as good as we thought. Yeah, I, okay. I just, I'm really stunned by the passing defense not being better, too. So we'll see if that normalizes. Uh, what about the Packers? You, uh, where, where are we on the Packers? Trick or treat? <sighs> okay, so I think, you know, we didn't really identify exactly what these conditions are for either tricks or treats right that's the joy of uh, it. i started the season having the packers as one of my super bowl halves i do not believe that that is the case anymore but i uh have in my diary a couple sports non non uh, negotiables and one of them is picking against aaron Rodgers, which i'm just not going to do they're a three and one team right now they will not remain a three and one team but they are still a treat they will still probably win the division. They will still probably be a postseason team that can win a stop or two. So they're still a treat to me. But actually, I was listening to Bill Barnwell today on ESPN Daily, and he had some really fascinating things to say about how the Packers, the last couple of years, will always keep him guessing by not ever following through on any of the statistical things that he thinks they're going to. They always find a way. Aaron Rodgers went from being a, a maybe struggling quarterback to the point where the Packers did draft a guy to replace him and Jordan Love to being back-to-back -back MVP. The numbers didn't see that happening. They usually post a historically low amount of giveaways on offense. 13 last year, 11 the year before, 13 the year before that. One year out of nowhere, they had the best red zone offense in NFL history. They were bad in the red zone the year after. They're bad in the red zone on offense this year. They're 13th in red zone touchdown rate. They do all the stuff that breaks all these ideas of what I'm expecting football teams to do year after year. This year, they're not doing any of that stuff. Rodgers is 22nd in the NFL in QBR. They've turned the ball over seven times already. Usually by the time they've gotten to seven giveaways, it's the middle of November. They've done this in four weeks. They've only outscored their opponents by a total of six points. It's great analysis by Barnwell. Uh, that music made it so eerie. Yeah, it did. It was like he was saying, like, the number of, like, unsolved murders in Green Bay or something. So if you go back and look at our preseason predictions, I had the Packers as a wildcard team in second in their division. So when I'm asked trick-or-treat, there's context to this. To me, they're a Hershey's bar. They're exactly what I thought they were going to be. They're mm. okay. They're, they're, they're exactly what I thought they were going to be coming into the team. Like, nothing spectacular, nothing A little nothing chalky. Terrible. Need, just, to be, uh, need to be enjoyed alongside something else. Yeah, like you always think it's going to possibly be better than it, than it is, and it, it doesn't turn out to be that way. Let's get one more in, on the Chargers. Trick or treat on the Chargers. The Chargers are still a treat to me, and I'm very worried about the injuries, and I'm very worried about their run game that's averaging 64 yards a game. 
but I just think there's so much talent. I just think Justin Herbert's so good that they're still a treat to me. Unfortunately, they will be disappointing compared to the treat I was expecting. This is like going up to the house in your neighborhood that you know is real rich, and every year they give you like three full-size candy bars and one of those glowy necklace things that clips into itself, and instead you show up and they just give you a couple bite-sized, and you're like, well, it's fine. But that's not what I expected from you. Yeah, no. For me, the Chargers are a trick. And Whoa! They're a, and, and you know, I picked them to win the division. God, they're so talented. But they're like those jelly beans that are all like bad flavors. Every year you do this. Every year you grab a handful of them, and every year you're like, oh, my friends didn't give me the bad ones. The injuries just derailing everything for this team, and it feels like they can't get out of their own way. Uh, the Chiefs better than I thought they would be. The Chargers worse than I thought they would be. So they are the uh, the nasty jelly beans. That is trick or treat. We might do that Should again. Should we take off th- the rest of the show and just go have some candy? Oh my god, that's that sounds how I'm feeling right now. So good. Uh, tune in for football action Sunday. The Jets host the Dolphins. Coverage begins at noon Eastern on select ESPN radio stations. All right. We're climbing the leaderboard in our ESPN Radio Pick'em Challenge. That's right. Everybody else is scared of us. We'll make our picks next. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio. Spain and Fitz, the podcast. It's Spain and Fitz. Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz, hanging out with you on a Friday Eve. We do not have a show tomorrow, so this Thursday. Friday Eve? Freeve? Fry, fry. <laughs> Workshopping it live. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Keep working on it. Uh, CSPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM Channel 80. Uh, because this is our Friday, we will be making our picks. By the way, uh, we'll keep you updated on Thursday Night Football. It's about as ugly as we expected it to be. Uh, it's been a lot of incomplete passes, a lot of uh, failed first downs. Right now, it is still a 3 nothing lead for the Broncos over the Colts. Uh, let's talk about some upcoming games this weekend. Uh, we have redeemed ourselves, Fitz. Uh, I did a fine job last week as our picker, and now in the ESPN Radio Pick'em Challenge game, we are sitting firmly tied for second at six five and one with Greeny. The only team ahead of us, Freddie and Fitzsimmons, at seven four and one, and below us, tied for third, uh, CNC and KJM, and down at the bottom, four seven and one, Barton Hahn. Mm. Uh, so this is a lot of pressure for you to keep us in the top tier. Let's go through the games. Let's start with the first one. It's a team, man. It's a team. One guy can't do it. It takes all of us. ESPN Radio's Pick'em Challenge. So this Ooh. one is actually, I think, the toughest of the ones we have to pick because the Rams are a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Mm. and. The Cowboys, all they do is win, 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 no matter what, when they have Cooper Rush as their starting quarterback. The Rams have – I can't get the just the stench of what they did against the 49ers out of my head, Sarah. Like, I, the Rams were not just bad. They were atrocious in that game, and I don't understand it. Like, the Rams are too good to be playing as poorly as they're playing, and I just said that, to me, they're a trick because of the fact that their defense isn't good enough. So uh, the Rams right now, middle of the road, rushing offense is terrible. Their passing offense is meh. Their defense isn't as good against the pass as it needs to be. I think the Cowboys are the better defense here, Mm. and they can do enough to keep this game close. I don't know if the Cowboys win, but five and a half is too many points for me to be comfortable with. I think the Cowboys cover in this, so uh, they keep it closer than that. You, you feel? I think a lot of what we saw from the Rams was what we've seen from them in regular season matchups with the Niners. The Niners have their number in the regular season. I don't think that was a complete uh, view of who the Rams can be. Dallas, um, 
six and one outright and against the spread as an underdog of three to seven points. And Cooper Rush, four and zero outright and against the spread in his career. So this is a tough one. Uh, I also think you look at Sean McVay. He's got a good record, 16-9 and against the spread coming off a loss. He's going to want to prove something with his Rams. I think the, my gut is telling me the Rams the Rams and, and the points, but you're going Cowboys, right? I, I think, yeah. All right, oh, count man. me down as disagreeing yep, yep. with I'm, you on that one. Yep, where we go. I'm going Cowboys on this one. It, you, you almost uh, – you make great points – I, th- there's a part of me that's a little nervous about it, but yeah, I'll go, I'll go Cowboys on that one. Let's go to the next game. This one to me is much easier because the Cardinals, I don't think are any good. So the Eagles uh, are a five point favorite. Again, that's kind of a big number and the game is in Arizona, but Jalen hurts and those weapons offensively are absolutely unstoppable. I don't trust the Cardinals at all. I think the Eagles can cover in this one pretty easily. Yeah, I agree with you. The Cardinals are one of those teams that before the season began, a lot of the conversation was around the contract for Kyler Murray, question marks about the team's late season failures. But, you know, it's been a big deal and we haven't probably talked about enough what it is to be without DeAndre Hopkins for the whole beginning of this season. Um, They just don't have the juice that they need. There's a lot of Kyler Murray running around in circles and not finding guys he's looking for. They sure would be helped by DeAndre Hopkins. I'm with you. I think the Eagles win, and I take the points. All right, so we agree on that one. Let's go to the next game. Mm. This one to me is like stealing candy from a baby because the Ravens are a (laughs) three-point favorite, and I'm not in for that at all. When you look at the one thing that really hits me, Baltimore has the number eight rushing offense in the league, which I definitely respect. But the Bengals have the number four rushing defense in the league. The Bengals can stop the run. And the Bengals' offensive line has played better the last couple of weeks. Their passing offense has gotten much better rhythm over the last couple of weeks. I think the Bengals are rounding into form, and I don't think the Ravens' defense is rounding into form. So Mm. now that you're telling me that I get points too – yeah, I, I, I'm I'm all in on the Bengals covering in this one. If not winning outright, Bengals, Ravens, three points. I feel good about Cincinnati. This is a really tough one for me because I do think the Ravens are a team that when they're on, they have been tough to beat, and Lamar has looked so incredible. They've just had back-to-back kind of big – not back-to-back because there was a gap in between where they handled the Patriots, but that Dolphins and Bills, those are two high-scoring, tough teams – the Bengals have not been able to put up the same offensive firepower that we've seen from those two. So I think I'm going to disagree with you. I'm going to go with the Ravens there. Man, that is Mm. twice. Now I'm not feeling good about any of this because if this goes wrong, oh my God, Monday, Mm. I'm going to hurt it. I mean, mean, I'm I'm starting to get a little scared. Um, We always pick two bonus games on Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz, each of our respective teams. This doesn't count for our pick'em challenges, but it counts as our, you know, friendly competition with each other. So we'll start with Sarah's team. All right, Sarah, the Vikings are a seven and a half point favorite over Chicago. How are we feeling? <laughs> uh, you want to hear a really cool, fun stat about oh. the Bears? Oh, yes, yes, please. Uh, through four games, uh, they have uh, a total of, uh, uh, hold on, let me find it. This is uh, it's giving me the wrong things. It's basically uh, 400 yards, I think, um, is the total. I'm sorry. It's 471 passing yards through four weeks. They only have 67 passing attempts. They do not have the juice to keep up with an offense that has weapons. They do not have a defense, even though I like pieces of it. 
to keep up with some of those crazy weapons. Uh, this is going to be the Vikings, and they're going to win by more than seven and a half, which is gross. Yeah, I think you're right, and it's not as much about the Bears' uh, defense as it is, to your point. The offense is just going to have a hard time generating much. This is one of those games where the Vikings come out and I think sort of assert a little bit of their explosiveness offensively. So I like I like the Vikings. Again, seven and a half in an NFL game. It's a lot. Like, it's a lot, like a but the Bears number. are very bad. Yeah, I, I don't uh, I don't disagree with you. And of course, last but definitely least <laughs> is this game. Monday Night Football. I'm going to be here and I'm going to be in a bad mood. I'm just telling you now. <laughs> like there's nothing I'm looking forward to in this football game. I still think the Raiders make the playoffs by the end of the year, but that has nothing to do with the fact wow. that the Chiefs uh, won't just absolutely embarrass. There's one path for the Raiders and that is to try and run the ball as effectively as they did against Denver, but considering that's the first time we've seen the Raiders commit to that, I don't know if I love that situation at all. Hunter Renfro may be back. That could help this offense tremendously. But, man, the Chiefs are a seven-point favorite. I have a hard time not going with Kansas City in that one. I think the the Chiefs win, and I think they cover. Oh, that feels gross. I love love the math you've got to do in your head for your team to start one and four and make the playoffs. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I'm, I'm still I'm, I'm good with it. I will. That is a hill I will die on all day. You'll be able to play that back in December, and everybody will be praising me while I throw my parade around town. Saying, I'm yep, not going to make it. you do it, but I would love to play the game where we go through the schedule and you tell me whether that's going to be a win or loss. Because I'll give you a couple, like maybe the Texans, but Jags. Oh, the Jags is one of the tough ones left. Chargers, but the, uh, Rams. Uh, I mean. Uh, We'll see, but they also have the Steelers. Niners. Uh, the Steelers Chiefs? are no good. The Patriots are no uh, good. Uh, mm-hmm. They got the Colts who are uh, no good. They I'm got just plenty wondering of no how goods. we're getting to a playoff number of wins. Oh, but yeah, it's, I, it's I guess easy. we'll uh, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. I also have your Raiders getting worked. Yeah, uh, yeah. The good news is we'll be on air, so that's always a fun time. I feel like the Chiefs did lose to a terrible team in the Colts, so maybe they're just really bad against bad teams, and the Raiders have a shot. Thanks for listening to the Spain and Fitz podcast. You can listen to the show weeknights at 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app.